Ahem. <laughs> Fucking daily, 42 of 42. I don't know how I did it, but here I am. I was going to, as you might imagine, do a bit of a recap, a kind of a season in review type episode. But then I said, fuck that noise. No, that's looking back. I'm looking forward. I want to look forward to what's going on in the land of fucking off the lead and the land of the business and the land of myself personally and all that jazz. And what I decided to do was I wrote down a couple of things that came to mind that have been in my head for ages. They're on my, they're on my perpetual to-do list. And I'm going to fly through a few of them. I'm going to fly through all of them. So the first one I wrote down was warrior training. So as I mentioned in a previous episode, every it was every Monday, we've changed it to every Wednesday, but every once a week for the last more than six months now, I've been training a group of kids in what has become to be known as warrior training. It started out as you know kids jiu-jitsu and then it turned into kind of MMA training, but we've since settled on warrior training. It's been warrior training now for four plus months. And what's included in warrior training as we call it is pretty much everything what what i'm teaching what came out of the wash of the episode that i did on this previously was that what i was teaching was competency essentially that's what that's what i'm teaching so depending on what way i'm inclined on any given day that they're down they could be doing striking so they could be learning jabs crosses and hooks they could be jumping in and out of bouncing castles they could be walking along the plank of death, which is basically just a four by two on the ground. They could be skipping. They could be running away from me, who's trying to whack them across the head with something. They could be throwing darts at a target. They could be throwing stones at a target. They could be using a cordless drill. I haven't incorporated the saw yet, but I intend to. And there's 101 different things that I, I have and haven't done with them, but the general, what what, what kind of, what ties them all together is that they're getting better. So the first time they picked up the cordless drill, they were shocked by the weight of it and it was all wobbly in their hands, their wrists couldn't really support it and they couldn't get the Phillips head bit that's in it into the screw and it was a bit of a fucking nightmare. But you know, they've used it two or three times now and now they're drilling it in and they're drilling it back out and they're, instead of just doing it straight down into the ground, say, they're pushing it into a wall and the next step will be that they'll have to hold the screw in their finger and hold the screw or the, the cordless and the other and drive it through. Because up until now, I've I've driven it in, I don't know, a, a quarter of an inch just to give it a bit of purchase and they just have to send it home. But the next step will be the next stage because once they become relatively proficient in what I'm showing them, we move on. It's all about continual improvement. And it's been going great and I love it. But what I, a change that I'd like to make is to include adults in it. Because there's as many adults as there are children who can't use a fucking cordless drill, or can't use a saw, or any number of things that I and most people would consider really basic. But then again, there's things that people would consider really basic that I can't do. So I like the idea of incorporating adults into the class. Now, ideally, the, the first step would be that the parents of the kids would join the class. But look, that's just one of many things that's in my head. That's, a, that's an ongoing thing. So the beauty of that is I love the trajectory that warrior training has. It changes week on week and it gets progressively better all the time. And the more time and effort that I can put into it, the better it becomes. And hopefully it'll get to a stage where it'll kind of grow exponentially. 
The next thing that I've written down is the, the wine kit. I did a kind of an expose of the wine kit that it was bought for me about a year ago. And that's the only thing I've done with it since. I have to pull my big fat finger out my big fat hole and get some distilled water or mineral water or some such and one or two other bits and actually put the whole thing together. But look, that's on my to-do list. I also have another Pine Martin in the freezer. Now, I this is the second Pine Martin. I actually have had three. They've all been found dead on the road. Okay, so I haven't trapped them, I haven't shot them, I haven't done anything of the sort. I've saved them from just rotting away on the side of the road. One, I can actually see it here, it's in the cab with me. I gutted it, skinned it, and treated the pelt as best I could. I'm relatively happy with a first attempt. It's fucking deadly. I have the pelt of a pine marten to show for it. It'd be just flittered to bits in a ditch somewhere if I hadn't picked it up. But I have another one in the freezer, and I must set myself up with a camera and a bit of lighting and do a full gutting and skinning of the animal. Now, I missed a trick the last time. I dumped the body. Once I'd taken the pelt off, I dumped everything else. But this time round, what I'll probably do is I'll probably butcher it. So I'll gut it, I'll skin it, I'll butcher it. Butchering it essentially means just removing the meat from the bones. And then what I'll do to the bones is I'll see if I can separate all the ligaments and sinews and muscle and tissue and all that from the bones. And what I'd love to do is mount the skeleton because I think it'd be really cool to have a mounted skeleton and the pelt of, of any animal, but particularly an animal that was dead already. I didn't dip into nature and see something that I liked and decide to take its life. It was killed on the fucking road. Nothing to do with me. I just saved it from the fucking rats and the buzzards. So that's the pine marking. The next thing I've written down is the sheep's brains. So I contacted a an abattoir, I don't know, six months ago, probably more. And I told them that I was a, a podcast host and an educator of sorts and that I was thinking of putting together a class whereby we would do a live dissection of a brain. So the idea being that I get 10 sheep's brains organize a date where people come to my place of business I'll set up the tables and the lights and and all the rest of it and everybody participating would have their own brain and we would go about dissecting the brain and I could show you as best as I could the different parts of the anatomy of the brain we could do a hemispherectomy we could cut across the the corpus callosum we could look at the the brain stem and the pons and the left and the right hemispheres and all the cortical folding and try and maybe find the pineal gland loads of loads of really cool stuff So that's on my to-do list. That's in my future. Speaking of brains, I had an MRI scan recently enough in uh, Trinity. Uh, Thanks in no small part to past guests in front of the show and my little baby brother, Pat McKeown, who is, I'm proud to say, a practicing neuroscientist these days based out of Trinity College Dublin. No mean feat. So Pat had me partake in a study that he's um, participating in, or running, should I say, And as part of that, I got an ECG scan and an MRI scan. Now, the cool thing about the MRI scan is I got the data from it. So I have a a file on my computer that I can cut through the slides of my own brain and see its makeup, basically. See what's big, what's small, what's lit up, what's not lit up and all the rest of it. But again, it's very hard to describe what I'm talking about here in pure audio format. So that's that's a video for sure. Speaking of videos, I have music video written down here. I run a lot, not a whole pile these days because I seem to have some sort of fucking chest 
or lung issue. I don't know if it's exercise-induced asthma or long-haul COVID or what, but look, we're in the, the middle of getting to the bottom of it. But anyway, I've done a good bit of running in my life, and I love to listen to music as I run. I listen to a lot of rap when I run, and the music that I listen to, I'm typically very familiar with it, so I know it's syllable for syllable. So I find myself running and rapping at the same time, albeit in my head. But I like the idea of making a video out of it, even if it's just a cover. Now, again, this is just a fucking hobby type thing. But the the idea that I have in my head, the vision that I have in my head, is that the camera would be... It'd be almost as though I was chasing a drone. So if you can imagine a drone at eye level facing me, but flying away from me, and I'm chasing it. And that's basically the viewpoint, that's the camera angle for the entire video. It's just me running toward, perpetually running towards the camera. But I'm rapping, I'll be, I'll be essentially miming a song. And then that song will be played over the video. It's just an idea in my head. It's something that I'd just like to, I've had it in my head to do it for years. And I suppose the first step in actually doing it is telling you cunts about it. The next one is actually writing a song or a rap. That's something that I've been toying with for years, but never really, never really sat down and actually just fucking did it. But again, a first step to doing anything a lot of the time can be just making it public, which is essentially what I'm doing now. The next thing I've written down here is doing a live performance. So essentially preparing an hour, like an hour special, like a comedian would have an hour special that he records. I could do that. And I wouldn't need a crowd to do it either. All I'd need is a stage. Now I could make my own fucking makeshift stage down here or I could do it in front of a green screen or something to that effect. But something that I like a lot more would be to actually find a stage, find a venue and just see how much it costs to rent the venue without an audience. Like, how much is it going to cost for me to set up a couple of cameras, maybe use a bit of their lighting or not, or whatever the case may be, and essentially perform an hour's worth of content that I had prepared, essentially. The next one, then, is growing food. So I got chickens, oh, fuck, six months ago, more. And they're the best things ever. I was only in the supermarket yesterday doing a bit of a shopping, and I walked past the egg section, and I just, I smiled, I beamed the smile from fucking ear to ear. And the reason I beamed the smile from ear to ear is because I haven't bought fucking eggs in months. Because why would I? I have my own eggs. I don't need to buy them. And it just got me thinking, like I could just as easily do the exact same for spuds and carrots and onions. Like these things aren't hard to grow. It's just a matter of fucking pulling your big fat finger out your big fat hole and setting it up. Because once you set it up, nature kind of does the rest for you. So that's on food. The next is build a rocket. <laughs> I've done this before. I built a rocket before. Uh, now again, it wasn't anything too fancy, but it blasted up into the fucking clouds, which was cool. Now that was oh, fucking, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago. I used the, you know, the water coolers you see in offices. So what you do is you fill it up about a third full of water, plug the bottom of it, Turn it upside down so you have the flattest part, the, the place that you, the, the, the thick part facing upwards basically. Shove an airline up its arse basically, pump it full of air to the point that it blows out the cap at the bottom of it and up she goes. Now I have half a dozen different uh, ideas in my head about how I could make it better. You could make it a lot more aerodynamic, you could encapsulate it in a, in a tube or a, a like a, a like a rifle barrel, basically. You could bury it underground. You could use a, use a bleed blaster. There's half a dozen different things that I'd like to try. 
But again, it's just, it's on my to-do list. And a first step in fucking doing it is making it public, basically. The next thing then is a paint pendulum. Google paint pendulum if you've ever heard of it. Fucking deadly. I have a a large map of the world in my office. It's, it's huge. I don't think it's quite 8 foot by 4 foot, but it's not far off it. And what I'm planning to do with it is I'm going to paint the whole thing white or paint it black, one or the other maybe. And then I'm going to get a can of either black paint or white paint. So if I if I paint the canvas all white, I'll use black paint. And if I can't, if I paint the canvas all black, I'll use white paint. And what you do is you place the canvas facing upwards, lying down on the ground. You hang a can of paint from the ceiling directly above the canvas. You shove a screwdriver or something into the arse of the tin of paint and then you let the paint can out of your hands. You lift it up over your head, say, and let it go. And it basically just swings around and drips paint out of it. There's a bit of tweaking. You have to get the right flow of, of paint and consistency and all the rest of it. But what you would ideally be left with is a mad geometric pattern that has been played out by the by the pull of gravity on the pendulum. Again, a very hard thing to explain in audio format, but simple as pie when you've got video format. But anyway, the next thing I have down is uh, to build slash get someone else to build the mobile podcast studio 2.0. I built it. I built the studio. I threw it in the back of the van. I had multiple conversations with people in it. It served its purpose. It was fucking brilliant. But it was only ever a prototype. It was only ever kind of cobbled together. And I'd love to to finish it, basically. Or, I, I won't finish it. I'll start it again. But it'll be the mobile podcast studio 2.0, essentially. The next one I have down is an art gallery. I love the idea of, of having an art gallery. I really do. Now, I'm not talking about things that I've drawn or painted or anything of the sort. But there are pictures that I love. One of them is Carl Sagan's Pale Blue Dot. Again, very hard to explain in audio. But if you just Google Carl Sagan's pale blue dot you'll get a picture there's another one picture called Hubble's uh, deep field view I think it's called and that's when Hubble was shot up into space back in the day and one of the first photos it took was of the darkest spot in the in the in the, the sky in the universe basically so they focused it on the darkest most desolate spot they could find and the picture that they that that came out contained like literally thousands of galaxy galaxies like incredible stuff but again without the picture it's actually very hard when it's just an audio format you lose so much but i love the idea of buying those images in massively high resolution as high resolution as they can be made and blowing them up to as big as they can be made without losing the detail and that's just two examples there's hundreds of different pictures that i just love for a million and one different reasons. And I love the idea of buying the images or just freely downloading them, provided they're of sufficient quality, getting them printed out, and essentially creating a gallery. Now, again, that's something that I could have here. It's something that I could have in an actual gallery or in a venue. But again, it's 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 ill-defined, but it's just, it's just an idea in my head. And the beauty of talking out loud and getting all this kind of stuff out of me is... It just leaves me that little bit more accountable because no doubt some cunt's going to turn around to me at some stage and go, oh, what's the story with the fucking gallery, blah, 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 blah. And even if they don't, it doesn't matter. The fact that I've exercised it from my head, for want of a better term, is all that matters. 
that's all that I've written down. Um, one thing that I haven't written down, but it's just coming to mind, is my wardrobe. I'm very unhappy with my wardrobe. And I don't mean that I, I want a new style or anything of the sorts, but one improvement that I have made recently is I bought a leather jacket. I had a leather jacket tailor-made for myself. I spent a fucking small fortune on it. And I absolutely love it. It didn't work out exactly the way I wanted it to work out, and that's why I'm not plugging the guy who made it. But it was made here in Ireland by a, a leather smith, I suppose you'd call him. The actual, ta- was it, what is it, tailor? I don't know. Tailor? Yeah, tailor. Leather smith, whatever the fuck. But made a leather jacket, spent an absolute fortune on it. But I don't mind the expense of it. And the reason that I don't mind the expense of it, as I've jokingly said to people before, I'm going to be buried in it. It's it's the jacket I'm going to have for the next 50 fucking years. Ideally, I'd leave it to my son. And I love that because it's literally the opposite of fast fashion. And fast fashion is just absolutely abhorrent and despicable and all the rest of it. And I'm not going to get bogged down into the fucking moral vacuous, moral vacuous, moral vacuous, vacuousness, making up words here now, it's fucking brain frog on episode 42, but it's just, it's a cesspit of, it's it's a cesspit in a moral vacuum, that's what fast faction is, this idea of having like disposable clothes, it's just, it's the worst thing ever, but anyway, another thing that I have to do a bit of a deep dive on is a company that's based in Kells, a stone's throw from where I live, called Masita Sportswear, now, Masita Sportswear actually manufacture, they actually make clothing, as the name might suggest. It's mostly jerseys and sportswear. They supply football teams and all the rest of it. But what I'd love to do is go to them, get sized up as best I could, and get them to make me 20 jerseys that are my t-shirts for the rest of my life. Because again, it's something that's made on the island, and provided it's at a high quality and, and all the rest of it, which I'm sure it is. I just love the idea of that because it's an alternative to buying what was stitched together by some four-year-old in fucking Thailand. And lads, we're on fucking 80 minutes. This is going to be the longest episode of the season. I'm delighted I did what I did because it exercised some of uh, the thoughts that were in my head. It has me looking forward and not back. What's happened has happened and I can't change anything about it. I'm very happy with this with this season. I think this season is probably the pick of seasons as far as I'm concerned, which is great because it gives me the feeling that I'm actually getting better the more of them that I do. And on that note, I'll chat you in the next season. Come fucking. <laughs>